Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shelly. Amen. Thanks, Aim. We, uh, well, we've had an interesting year so far. We, uh, <clears throat> we've been through our state of the church, and we're winding that up, talking about where we're at as a church, where we've been as a church, where we're at as a church, where we're going as a church is the topic today. And that is a, that's a difficult topic to cover because unless you can see the future, which I can't, it's going to be an interesting year for us, isn't it? And nobody really knows where our denomination is going. And so I'm not going to talk about that topic because we've just kind of got to sit on the sidelines and wait and watch and see what happens. But we can discuss where we are going as an individual church. Because like I've said before, regardless of what happens with our denomination, who we are and where we're going isn't going to be affected that much. You know, God is the one who's planted this church. God is the one who is stewarding this church. And he's going to make sure that he continues his ministry here. His investment here is going to continue. And so we've got a lot to discuss when we get to the topic of where we're going as a church. And so that's where we're going to be talking today. And while the Bible does say that uh, God does nothing without first telling his prophets, or you've got verses in the New Testament like God has sent his Holy Spirit to show us things that are to come. So I believe that God speaks to us here and now, leading us in regards to the future. Do you believe that? I, I hope so, because I think that's something every one of us as individuals should be open to and practice. You know, one of the problems I've discovered with that over my time walking with the Lord is while I absolutely believe God speaks to us here and now in regards to how he wants to lead us, what's a little sketchy is my ability to hear him right. Anybody else out there like that? And so that's where we really kind of have to practice this together. This is why community is so important. You get any one person trying to hear God all by themselves, and you'll probably get some crazy off-balance stuff. I need you guys to help me from my crazy, and you need me so I can help you from your crazy, right? We need each other. This is a, this is, so when we talk about a topic like where we're going in the future, we need each other. The church needs you participating, you know, and this isn't a one-man job. We all need to be partnering in this together. And so in regards to things like helping with the kids' ministry, you know, that's something that uh, Emma and Grace and my son help out with on a pretty regular basis, and they actually like doing it. And so one of the things I would like to frame the, the topic of helping out with the kids' ministry is you're never going to be expected to do that every week, hopefully. <laughs> in theory, we expect that to be something that people do maybe once a month, maybe once every five or six weeks, ideally. Uh, and so, and it's something that we would hope that you feel called to and that doesn't feel like a burden. It feels like an opportunity to be partnered with God in ministry because we've got some neat kids in our church. Isn't that cool? You know? And that's something looking forward <clears throat> As we go forward in the future, uh, what is God going to do in and through our church this year? 
You know, I've finished, I've been, our family's been here for about six months now. It feels a lot longer than that, and I mean that in a positive way. <clears throat> I used to say that about me and Aim when we first got married. I think I've told this story before, but I used to say, it feels like we've always been married. We've been married for a long time, and it's like, well, gee, thanks, you know? <clears throat> the honeymoon period's already over with, but I mean, it just, it just feels like we've already kind of went a long way together. And it's going to be interesting to see what this year might bring, something that we have kind of discussed and we're going to keep our eye on moving forward as a church is what God might be doing with our kids' ministry, you know, which has been going really well. Jam's going well on Thursday nights. The kids' ministry here has been going well. So what might God be doing with kids' ministry at First Methodist La Misa. You know, as, we've, as I've tracked attendance patterns over December and January, so the last two months, our attendance has been right at 100, you know, give or take. And the kids' attendance has been pretty good. But, you know, last week we had 120 in worship. Like I say, it wasn't because of the food. It's because my preaching is extra awesome on birthday lunch. But, you know, we had 120 people, and it's starting to feel a little bit crowded in here with, with that, which is a good problem. But if we're thinking forward this year, and we're approaching a, a Sunday like Easter Sunday, you know? And so we're just kind of thinking, what creative things could we do to, uh, to not only up the ante in regards to what we're doing with kids' ministry, but create more space in our sanctuary on a Sunday like Easter Sunday, or special Sundays like that. And so one thing we've discussed is having a really big and special kids' worship service during Easter Sunday, you know, where the kids go and have their own service. On a Sunday like that, it'll create more space in here. It'll be something extra special for the kids, Parents can get excited about it because their kids are going to have a great time at church. We think that might be a neat thing to do on Sundays like that. And so that's something we're discussing doing uh, on that Sunday. And, you know, it's like God, there's all kinds of neat things God could do if we simply pay attention. If we put our antenna up and start listening to what God is saying about some specific things. If we track what he might be doing this year and get on board with what it looks like he's doing... There's no limit to what God can do. Do you believe that? I want to read you a quote. I've got a lot of quotes to read this morning. Because one thing I know we're going to emphasize to launch out into this year, it's a new decade. One thing we're going to emphasize over the next several weeks is the topic of prayer. And so that's going to be the topic today. Because I don't know for sure where we're going as a church. Uh, I'm asking, I'm looking, I'm watching. We've got some ideas. But one thing I know, prayer has to be the foundation of whatever we do and wherever we go as a church. And so I want to challenge you with this quote. All of this stuff is from other people. And so usually you can bet if I'm reading something, it's from other people. If I'm just standing in front of you talking, that's all me. But I want to read to you a few things on the topic of prayer because there are just some some significant things that some much weightier, more significant people than I have said on this topic 
that I want to just set the, the tone with this morning. And I want to start with a verse of scripture. I'm actually going to start from the same scripture we read last week, from the vine and the branches passage. <clears throat> it's from John chapter 15. I'm going to start reading in verse 5. Same passage we read last week, different emphasis. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Prayer is a non-optional way that we abide in the, in the vine. Verse six, if you do not reign in me, you're like a, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Now listen to this challenge. Verse seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Think about that. If we are abiding in the vine and the words of Jesus are abiding in us, the spirit of Jesus is abiding in us, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Church, do you believe that? Can I hear you say it? I want you to be confident. Do you trust the words of Jesus? That that's for you, that's for us. Look what it says in verse eight. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus is teaching us, ask for what you want that is bearing fruit and that brings my Father glory. It makes him really happy when we do that. And so here would be the question I want to pose to you. What do you want? That is a difficult, that's a difficult question to answer, isn't it? But it's a very important question to ask when it comes to discerning what God might be doing, where he might be leading us. You all know the scripture that God gives you the desires of your heart. There's a couple of different ways to read that. Does God give you the desires of your heart? Or does God give you the desires that are in your heart? A couple of different ways to read that. And so it's an important question to ask, what's God doing? Where might he be leading us? What do you want? What do you want? Are you asking that question? What do you want with this year? What do you want to see God do in your home, in your family? in your relatives, in your loved ones, in your church? What do you want? And then here's the second question. Are you just wishing for it? Are you just talking to other people about it? Are you just thinking about it? Or are you actually asking God for the thing that you want? I'll give you a little clue. Out of all of those options, only one of them ups the chances of those things happening significantly. Actually speaking 
identifying, first of all, and then speaking to God, the things that are on your heart will dramatically increase the chances that those things actually come to pass. I have confidence in that, don't you? That's what the Word of God teaches. I want to read to you a couple of quotes. I just want to challenge you with these quotes in regards to prayer. Most people never know they have the power to cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, perform signs, wonders, and miracles for one reason and one reason only. They'll never attempt to. Think about that. What is it that you want? Are you going to have the courage to identify it? Then, secondly, are you going to have the courage to actually go for it and start asking God in prayer? Most people don't, and that's why they get the results that they get. Here's another quote. My greatest fear for our churches is a growing functional deism. What that means is believing in God, but having no expectation of him to move, manifest, or make himself real in our midst. What are you expecting? What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from your church? What are you expecting from yourself? Here's another one. I'd rather teach one man to pray than 10 men to preach. Don't say amen too loud on that one. But listen, this is, this is not debatable. Prayer is the most powerful weapon we have as a church. It's the most powerful thing we have. We really need to take ownership of that in a new way. Talking about myself first, one of the reasons I like to preach on subjects like this is because whenever I'm getting weak in an area, one of the things that helps me to get strong again in an area is to preach on it. You know, John Wesley was advised by a, a mentor of his, our, the founder of our our particular branch of the faith, Methodism, John Wesley, was advised to preach on faith by one of his mentors. And he said to his mentor, I don't think I should preach on faith because I'm not sure I have faith. And his mentor said to him, preach faith until you have it. And then because you have it, you'll preach it. That's good advice, church. Let me read this to you. This is a few paragraphs here. We talk to the uncreated God of the universe. Think about that. He listens attentively and with great affection. He responds by revealing his heart, giving us direction, blessing our circumstances, transforming our emotions, touching our loved ones, reviving the church, saving the lost, releasing justice, impacting society, and so on. It's a great privilege and has many implications for our lives in the world. The results are whatever it takes to cultivate a strong prayer life. That's a word to us families, 
the word to us parents, the word to us leaders, business leaders, the word to all of us. The Lord calls every believer to a life of prayer, from new believers to seasoned saints. One of the best things any of us can do to improve our lives and our relationships is to grow in prayer. Being a person of prayer is the most important calling on one's life. It is a higher calling than being a spouse, a parent, a pastor, a preacher, or a leader. And we all become far better spouses, parents, leaders when we take time to grow in prayer. While not every believer is called to preach, every believer is called to pray. We must make every effort to establish our prayer life because it will not develop on its own. Don't wait for a special spiritual experience to begin growing in prayer. We grow in prayer by actually praying. Beginners in prayer mature by praying more. Our prayers are effective even when they're short, weak, and poorly worded. Amen. They are effective because of the authority we have in Jesus, which is based on his finished work on the cross, not our talent or performance. We must seek the value of weak prayers. Some assume because they do not feel anything when they pray, God must not feel anything either. The truth is that we offer our prayers in human weakness, but they ascend to God in power because of the sufficiency of Jesus' blood and because they are in agreement with God's heart. Look at what John, 1 John 5, 14 says. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We serve God, Philippians 3, 3, we serve God by his spirit who boasts in Christ Jesus and we put no confidence in the flesh. Amen? Prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do. One verse that I've memorized from a, as, long, as far back as I can remember, remember, I've put this verse to memory, and I, I say it often because there's power released when we say something. There's power in our words, spoken words. And so when we quote, quote scripture, it's powerful. That's how Jesus defeated the enemy, isn't it? Mark 11, 22 and 23 says, have faith in God, have confidence in God. I tell you the truth, if any of you should say to this mountain, go, cast yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it shall be done for him. Therefore, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. That's powerful. That should be a toolkit in everyone's arsenal. That should be a toolkit. And so I ask you, church, again, what do you want? What do you want to see happen in your church this year? I'm not talking about coming up with any great five-year plans. 
I'm not talking about any magic bullet ministry. I'm talking about things on your heart that God wants you to begin speaking back to him consistently with strength and with boldness and with confidence. I'm believing, church, that God cultivates a prayer life in us this year that isn't something that we limp into. God, if it's your will, if you wouldn't mind listening to me a second. I can just imagine, of course, God's much more gracious than me, but if I were God, I'd be rolling my eyes. It's like, come on. You know, I'd be like the coach. You know, the coach yells and he gets intense because he wants to pull up your level of confidence and emotional energy. Come on, we can do better than that. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. I want us praying prayers, just seeking God, spending time with him. Listen, God, what do you want to do at our church? What do you want to do in my family? What do you want to see happen? I want to hear what you have to say about it, and then I'm going to start asking you for it with boldness and with confidence because God gets excited when his people start praying like that. Things begin to move. And so, church, that's the thing I want to leave us with today. What do you want? Prayer is going to be the theme of the next month. So starting the first Wednesday in February, we're going to be beginning a class on prayer. I have a few of these in the back of the sanctuary. This is a study guide, a nine-week study guide. And so it's actually kind of a workshop, really. It's nine weeks where we'll discuss prayer and we'll actually practice prayer. Now, I fully well realize when you do a class, people feel comfortable about that. But when you do a prayer meeting, the numbers go way down. Been there, done that many times. Like I told you before, we had a men's prayer meeting when I was at St. Stephen Church in Amarillo. We prayed for five years. You know, sometimes we'd have eight. Sometimes we'd have six. Most of the time, as in about 85% of the time, it was two or three of us. But you know what? We might be limping in with our numbers in ministry, but we were making a big unseen impact on the city of Amarillo, I guarantee you. There's a quote that says, never, never doubt that a few, that a small group of praying people can change the world. It's the only thing that ever has. And so we're going to be committing uh, our class time Wednesday nights, starting the first Wednesday in February, to uh, prayer. We're going to study prayer, and we're going to practice prayer together. And, you know, the, here's the thing. Church, never let fear make your decisions for you. Well, I'm afraid of, you can come and listen and watch. The number one way we learn is through modeling, being around other people who are confident in prayer. Even if you never pray, you're going to learn something, and you're going to contribute to the experience. So you don't have to pray, but we're going to be practicing prayer together during this time frame.
One other thing I want to leave you with today, and these are both, there's a few of these uh, on the, that round table back there in the foyer, and there's a lot of these. I want to leave you with some tips to contemplate and study this week on how to grow in being more effective in prayer. There are a lot of things the scripture teaches us that will increase our effectiveness in prayer. Not all prayers are created equally. And so, I want to leave these tips with you from Scripture. The characteristics of effective prayer include the following conditions. I will also make this available online for those who might be listening on the radio or the internet on our homepage, fumclamisa.com. And so, I would encourage you to grab one of these and actually pay a little bit of attention to it this week. Let's start getting stronger together as a church in prayer. Let's start training and exercising our faith muscles because they don't get bigger or stronger if you don't work them. They only get weaker. And so that's the thing, really, that's how we're going to start this year is really dialing up and dialing in on this topic and practicing it together. Amen? Let me close us with a word of prayer. Isn't that a novel idea? And I just want to say a few things. And so, you know, a lot of times preachers are guilty of preaching while they're praying. That's me sometimes. But I'm actually okay with that. Because sometimes when we just close our eyes and we're really focused on God, he begins speaking and saying things to us, and it might not have anything to do with what I'm saying. It might be just God speaking to you directly. And let me tell you, that's okay. Many times when I'm preaching, God is doing that. Many times, I know this happens because I've been that person in the seat where somebody's preaching a really good message or not, but the Holy Spirit grabs hold of my mind and heart and starts speaking to me in, in special ways just because I'm in the middle of the corporate presence, the corporate manifest presence of God. And so as much as anything else, prayer is about practicing the presence of God. Whenever the presence of God is manifest, it changes the spiritual atmosphere, the emotional chemistry of our minds and hearts. It breaks strongholds that keep us in bondage. It's one of the critical things that happens when we pray. We practice the presence of God, and the presence of God begins to break strongholds that are keeping us down. So, Holy Spirit, we just pray uh, as a church, we, be we believe you're calling us to start off this year, this decade, upping the ante in regards to prayer, to really help us to start practicing that in a heightened way together, in an intentional way. We're not just speaking words to you. We're actually getting, getting focused and getting a sense of your presence while we're doing it because that's what makes it enjoyable. Your presence brings joy to the equation. And so, Father, thank you. And we set our ears, and I want to pray over every person who's both here with us present today and everyone who isn't able to be here today, that you would begin dropping the ideas, the whispers, 
of special things you want to do in our church for our community this year. We pray that we would hear your voice, Holy Spirit, that we would discern exactly what you're saying. We want to we want to be a part of what you're doing in our church and in our community. We want to see you bringing up good and godly families and kids in our congregation. We want to see you producing much fruit through us. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that our faith, in addition to our prayer, our faith actually actively believing you for specific things would be on the plate of every person in this church. I pray every person would receive information from you of what they are to be praying and believing you for in our church this year. In addition to their personal things, which are very important to you as well. And Father, I pray that we'd have testimonies. I began praying this. I prayed it all year. And all of a sudden it happened. Pray we'd have testimonies come about as a result of this. So, Father, thank you. And we just say yes to the great things you want to continue doing in this church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.